Is it really a good time to buy, Perry? Okay, folks, here we are. This is the midweek show for the Fife property market and also for the UK property market in general, to be honest, because we are now mm -hmm. actually discussing today, Perry. Um, is now a good time to buy or should people actually wait? It's a big topic. What's your initial reaction to this without actually taking this into account? My initial reaction is that now our waiting really depends on where you are in life, doesn't it? I think your circumstance decides that, and those don't change. Oh, good answer. I would say, <laughs> let's wait to see what happens. But then I'm a, I'm a risk taker. That's the thing here. I, just so you understand, I'm a risk taker. I'm quite happy to take any volatility that might actually happen in the economy. And sometimes stability is the best way forward. And to know what the certainty is and what you're doing in order so you can plan for the future. That's probably the key here in all this. So that's probably the most important point that people should know. It's about certainty more than anything rather than actually having the volatility. But listen, as we go into quarter of 2023, there's significant uncertainty in the UK economy, leading to uncertainty in the property market itself. Now, there's no surprise IMF came out today or yesterday and said, well, we think the economy is going to be a bit better than we thought and interest rates are going to come down and inflation is going to come down as well. And I'm thinking... Bullshit. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, to be, you know, the IMF tried to predict a recession and there was no recession. The IMF tried to predict inflation was going to drop at a record rate and inflation didn't drop at a record rate. So the IMF, to me, just talks a lot of rubbish half the time and to keep themselves in a job. <laughs> it's frank and honest, Jim. <laughs> uh, well, you know me, I shoot from the hip. That's it, really. Uh, the number one issue is... Uh, the fight against inflation, the cost of living crisis, really. Yeah. We know this. The Bank of England is working hard to actually decrease inflation. And hopefully, in summer, we should see the British inflation coming down across the UK. From that, we should expect interest rates to come down later in the year. And that is what the money markets believe with the five-year swap rates. Hence the reason why base rates right now are sitting at 4.25%. But the swap rates and mortgages available are actually below that. I, so, I Jim, don't... just to explain that then for some people that maybe haven't watched this before or been aware of it, you talk about swap rates. What, what does that mean to the layman? Well, swap rates, swap, swap rates are what the money market is. So the money market comes along and says, like, I'm the money market, okay? <laughs> I could be, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the money I'm the, market. I'm the <laughs> I come along, there you go. I come along and you're the bank and I say, okay, um, I'm actually quite convinced uh, the returns in the market aren't going to be as good as I think. So I will lend you money as the bank at a very low interest rate over a, a, a fixed rate period in order to get in order to get a decent return because I don't I don't think that the, the markets uh, the, the return I'm going to get in the future is going to be a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm almost hedging my position. In other words, I'm stabilising where I am. This is what I call about stability and volatility. 
Um, yeah. So therefore, you then go, okay, I can actually lend that money out um, to other people based on what they're um, based on what you're giving me at a higher rate in order to make a return because I'm I'm guaranteed that I'm giving you that rate anyway. So if mm-hmm. I lend it out to someone else at four percent and I'm getting I'm getting it to you at maybe one and a half percent, I'm getting it from mm-hmm. I'm giving it to you one and a half, and you lend it out at four four or five percent. You're making that differential every single time guaranteed because you're yeah. doing a fixed rate deal with them and you've got a fixed rate deal with the, the, the swap rate as well, which you've got from someone mm-hmm. else. So this is how it works. And as well, when you look at it, with the, with the savers putting money into the banks as well, they're not really getting a return on it either. So they're only getting about 1.5%. So then I'm I'm lending that money out. They're called fractional fractional lending. But in other words, they take your money. If you give them 100,000, they, they lend out a million. They lend out 10 times. They, that, that leverages them to lend out a million because they don't expect everybody to call in loans at the same time or mm-hmm. lend at the same time or anybody to take their money back at the same time. Therefore, they're kind of covered. Yeah. So that's how the banking system works in a, in a, you know, in a sort of ideal world. Mm-hmm. Although you don't know if somebody does a run in the bank, you're out of business. That's why the governments have to bail them out. Uh, I've actually seen somebody turn grey. <laughs> <laughs> the chief executive of the Dunfermline Building Society, when I sat across the table from him, and basically the, the, he got the call and they said, there's a run on the bank. And the next day, the Dunfermline Building Society was no more. It's Northern Rock as well, isn't it? And the credit crunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a revelation, eh? Mm-hmm. Rushed out the door to try and see. <laughs> no chance. Nationwide took them over, and that was the end of them. Dunfermline Building Society, no more. It was almost like a tune in there, like the the proclaimers, dumb <laughs> like, no more, um, methyl, no more. Um, anyway, that's another story. Um, so this has actually driven the mortgage uh, pricing to the same levels we've seen uh, the week before List Trust's budget um, mm-hmm. in September 2022. Uh, this will make homes more affordable because mortgage payments will be lower. Which is great. Yeah. So then there's the issue of house prices. Will they actually crash? Well, I'll explain later in this conversation. Um, I'll explain why 2023, um, or we'll explain why 2023, differs entirely from 2008, uh, which is the last property market crash. Um, Mm -hmm. Yet it cannot be denied that house prices um, achieved for, well, for the five homes, for example, Mm -hmm. today are lower than that completed in 2022. The, the land registry actually states that five house prices are 2.5% lower than three months ago. Yeah. So house prices are actually going down. They're going down universally overall, right across the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, yet the devil is in the actual detail. So, you know, do you want to talk about the land registry, Perry? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's important to do that because when you see that strap line, that they've decreased in 2.5%, you kind of get, oh, hang on, that's uh, a little bit of news that I maybe don't like. But it's important to understand it. So when the land register reports on house prices from a particular month, it is actually from sales agreed maybe six or nine months ago, Jim. So it's not a reflection of what's happening today, is it? So it's Mm -hmm. not true to say that it's now, but it's just that's when their data is because it's old data. It takes them on average between four and five months from sale agreed to legal completion, as we know, we talk about that, then the solicitors take another two months to three months to send all of the data to the land registry. So there yeah. is a bit of a delay here. So we're really working on numbers that are maybe between seven and nine months old. 
and and you notice this if you keep an if you keep an eye on the <laughs> I'm good I'm saying if it, if anybody keeps an eye on the land registry data as if everybody well as if everybody <laughs> does. But that's your Saturday go, night viewing. Well, you do. <laughs> I tell you what, if you go back and you actually you actually see the land registry data and you look at the reports, it reports like for example the average the average UK price was maybe um, and I'll just say off the top of my head a hundred ninety six thousand for the average UK price for a house in January last year. But then when you get, the at that time, the report of it in January, but when you get the data for January this year and you look back to the house price that they reported in January last year, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's a different price. They've changed the figure. And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. Are you just are you just lying now? So the, the, the price that you're doing to measure it right now, at, your, at the land register showing me right now, isn't actually the price once they've got all the data through and collated it together you know, about three or four months later on. So can we actually believe the statistics that they're sending out? This is the problem, isn't it? And that's why I think people get confused in what they need to do next, isn't it? Because there's so much conflicting information sometimes, isn't there? I've got to admit, though, um, the Halifax comes out with their data. The Nationwide comes up with, out with their data as well in terms of house price index. Uh, Rightmove also comes out with a, a data, and so does Zoopla come out with data as well. But the key here is they are not, the whole of market, if that makes sense. They're just based on the customers that use their platforms or buys their mortgages. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way they can come up with their data on a like-for-like basis. So, you know, it's kind of similar, but but more often than not, it's actually sometimes completely different from what the land Mm -hmm. registry comes out with. And the Mm -hmm. one I follow the most is the land registry. And that data will be out next Wednesday um, for, um, for last month. Um, in terms of landers' uh, uh, data. So that's the one I would be looking forward to, and that's the one mm-hmm. I would look to to get the, the detailed information. Yeah. Um, what can we say about that? So, you know, landers' three or four months is out of date. This means, that, uh, this means really that the above reduction, what we talked about, the 2.5% lower in five house prices, or just universally across the UK, is really from the sales agreed upon in late summer of 2022. Exactly. So, this is the this is the difficulty here, though. Mm-hmm. This is the disparity I see here. If that's two point five percent based on the summer of twenty twenty two, and we know the data from uh, this is this is a conflicted message. You see, this is where I you know this is where I've, I've got a bit of conflict here, um, in terms of where I, where I'm thinking. Think about the 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 prices that we monitor to home report value. Mm-hmm. And the data we ho- we monitor to home report value as well. Home report's still up on the previous year, as far as mm-hmm. we're concerned, because it is. Mm-hmm. And then we still get almost home report value or above. Yeah. So in our mind, our house price is really fallen. Fallen. Exactly. And we monitor that weekly, don't we? So we have a good weekly snapshot, and then it runs week on week. So from sale point to completion, we're monitoring that, and it's very different to what we see in these. So isn't then, it? then, then my next question is: I've got to ask. Whose house prices are falling then? Because <laughs> that's the data that's coming in. Yeah. So am I then then coming to the assumption that if our house prices aren't falling in order to reflect the data that's recorded, and we ours don't fall because this is individually for us, and the data does suggest it falls, then somebody else is making a massive loss for their clients in terms of their house price when they're actually selling them. Mm-hmm. And the clients don't actually know about that. 
because the data, they're no monitoring the data and they're no keeping an eye on it. That's just, a, that's just you know, I'm kind of thinking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's definitely food for thought because we, we're not seeing it on what we're tracking. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> well, what about properties that have been selling in the autumn and winter? Yeah, I mean, when we look at the properties that are selling autumn and winter, there's still a few percentage points in the pipeline, and that's the difference, isn't it? It's, you know, we discussed it a few weeks ago that looking at square footage agreed in February, for instance, is not completed sales with the land registry. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of minor stuff, really, Jim, isn't it, in regards mm-hmm. to looking at the percentage points? I think you've got to judge it on the information that you can access um, and actually what we are seeing rather than necessarily what's coming on here. But, you know, why do people buy a property? That's what we have to look at as well at the end of the day. You know, what is driving people to, to move or not? Life events more than likely, isn't it? Yeah. Someone buying and sells a home um, almost all the time. I mean, in Fife itself, generally on average, it's every 20 days. Every mm-hmm. every day, 20 people make a decision to buy and sell a property. Um, mm-hmm. Every potential home buyer should ask themselves the two questions if they're considering actually a purchase. Uh, am I, am I, I think this is the key here. Mm-hmm. They should be asking themselves these two questions. So every single home buyer, if you've got any questions, guys, please feel free to ask them. We will answer them at the end of this conversation. So you know that goes to Instagram, TikTok, and it goes to our social media channels on YouTube, LinkedIn, and uh, Facebook, uh, and Twitter as well. So if you've got any questions, please feel free to ask them in the comments. Uh, we will cover them at the end in terms of what we're discussing here. So the two things a buyer's got to consider when they're considering a purchase: Am I in a stable financial position? Do I have a deposit? And enough savings or access to them via say a family a family mm-hmm. um, should uh, an unforeseen disruption occur in my life i was talking to, to an investor today a vital investor and i was actually in a in a private zoom call with him and i was saying to them look you know i know what your numbers are but there's there's very there's very little scope for any volatility or any movement in these numbers if if the rent has to drop because the government decides to put a, a further cap on rent if the interest rates go up because um, you've not uh, fixed your rate, if the occupancy rate drops on your investment, on your property, and the tenant isn't in there, you're not getting rent in. So mm-hmm. there's no much margin there you've got left in the profit at the bottom in order to take that hit. So therefore, that's what you should be considering in the beginning. How much a stable financial position am I in? Am I in? As a buyer, for an, as an investor, um, for individuals, yeah. For a house as well. And the yeah. next one out for me is, do I plan to be in this neighbourhood for at least the next five years? Do I plan to be in property investment for at least the next five, 10, 15, 20 years? Mm-hmm. That's the thing you've got to ask yourself. If the answer is yes to both these questions, then buying now makes sense completely. Mm-hmm. As we've seen, in the last 20 years, house prices have gone up 170% on average. Inflation's gone up 70%. So house prices in real terms have outperformed inflation by 100% in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Now, a That's house price higher secures your place on the ladder. It's not to make money on. But as an investor, there's 100% return. Yeah. On your on your investment. But if you've mm-hmm. actually got twenty five percent loan to value, you're actually making a hundred percent on the bank's money. Mm-hmm. So the money you've got in on the twenty five percent, you're actually leveraging yourself where you're making possibly five hundred percent on your investment, not just a hundred. 
mm-hmm. in terms of how that works. Hopefully, everybody will understand that in terms of how I'm thinking. But I know, I know the numbers. I know that's what it is. Because if you've only got mm-hmm. 25% as a deposit, but you're leveraging 75% from the bank, then you're getting three or three more times. If it goes up 100%, there's another fourth time. But you've got the money in as well. So that goes up and you're making money on that. So you're making about four or five times the actual initial investment that you put in in the first place in terms of the return if it goes up 100%. Anyway. So I, the answer to yes, the answer then, if you answer both of those is yes, then it isn't now that you should do it. What if the answer is no? Sense every single time. Every, I get asked that question every single time. Do you think I should wait? I go, no. If, if these are the two questions I actually ask. If it's a long, if it's the five, if it's more than five years, plow on. Yeah, but if the answer is no to any of these questions, what should happen there then, Jim? Oh, consider waiting to the actual both answers actually yes. Uh, being being in the property market for as long as I have, um, I think the one thing I've learned, both personally and also being in property investment for thirty years, and dealing with many people moving home over the years is this the time to buy actually is when your life events merit purchasing a home mm-hmm. note that i say a home and not a house a house is a physical structure we all know that whilst a home is a feeling it's something you get you know when you get that feeling when you just walk into a property for the first time you think yeah this is the one but you also when you walk into a property for the first time and you think, it's not for me. I'm like, how can you decide within five seconds of walking mm-hmm. in here that it's not yeah. for you? Mm-hmm. But, you? But you just know when you know. It's, it's that mm-hmm. feeling. So the home is about the feeling. We'll sell you a house. You make it a home, ultimately. Yeah. That's what it Absolutely. comes down to. And we get that feedback a lot, actually, Jim. So the, because of the way that we market with the description, the photos, the brochures, but primarily the videos, then a lot of people who want to view with us, the first thing that they yeah. say is, actually, I just need to get in it to see if it feels right because I've seen everything about it. Mm-hmm. I know what it is. Yeah. So it's a physical structure. Don't lose sight of the real reason, Endeavour, um, for your endeavour, to build a home for yourself and those you care about. That's why you buy a home or a house to make a home because it's, it's to house the people you care about. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you buy it, if you buy your house... At less of a value and the next house that you're going to buy is going to be the same value because it's going to be like for like if you're in the same area because they appreciate the same value and you know so they'll go up if one goes up 10 percent, yours goes up 10 percent. if one drops 10 percent, yours drops 10 percent. so yeah. buying a home is about securing your place on that ladder and not opening yourself to volatility in the marketplace especially if you're if you're staying there for more than five years mm-hmm. so and, and the classic example i always go back to it so forgive me if you've heard the story before, but the house that I've bought 18 years ago was 260000 And then I spent 100000 gutting it and getting it perfect before I moved in. And that was 360000 And then the property market crash happened and then it dropped down to 300000 But I'm still in this house today and it's now 460000 So... Technically, if I wasn't buying another house, I would be 100000 up if I sold and just exited completely mm-hmm. and went away to live on a desert island. You wouldn't be able to buy much by an extra 100000 though, because there would be no <laughs> shop. <laughs> but you can take your discs with you. <laughs> exactly. you think, right, okay, I'm on a desert island, but I've got 100000 and I can't buy anything. I could just use it for the fire then. 
<laughs> but that's quite that's quite an important message, actually, in terms of what money is. Money is just a bit of paper, isn't it? Really, ultimately, yeah. until it's usable in any shape or form to exchange for goods or services for what you need. That's all you're doing. It's just a form of trade. It's just money in itself is just paper, and you can, and, and literally it is just. If it's not able to do that, it's literally just fire. <laughs> it's just for the fire, and that's it, really, um, to keep you nice and cosy. Mm -hmm. So, of course, five house prices will fluctuate up and down over the next twelve months to twenty-four month period. But if you have to, if you have to plan, uh, you plan for that minimum of at least five years for your in your new home then there are clear benefits to buying. So if, if you're planning for that five years, there's clear benefits to buying mm -hmm. uh, and owning your, your own home. Many times, so many people get caught out trying to time the market. You know what I mean like that? Time, time mm -hmm. and oh, the exit and entry. The classic example today is the stock market. The stock market is 7,800, 7, 7, the FTSE 100. But I could have bought a seven four, and I thought, oh, it might drop a wee bit more, but it's not. So mm -hmm. literally, I've just lost that. I've lost the value, the extra value I could have had if I bought a seven four instead of actually waiting for it to drop further because it's gone back up to seven eight. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same with houses. You're just you're just opening yourself to the volatility mm -hmm. in the market. So if you're actually instead of trying to time the market, the vital thing is, it's the time in the market. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be in for five years, if, you, if you're going to have a house for the next, if you got, well, everybody's going to have a house at some point in time. But if you're going to have a house ownership, if house ownership's your thing for the next, for your whole life, in other words, from your early 20s till you're, you kick the bucket at 70 year old, then if it's 50 years, you're more or less hedging yourself and, and getting your stability in the marketplace, buying now, because it's just allowing you to trade up and trade down later on at the yeah. same valued level in terms of percentage increase and decrease. Mm -hmm. It's nothing other than that. Over time, home ownership always wins over renting. There's a place for renting and there's a reason for that. So what about over the past few years, Perry? I think what we've noticed, you know, we have to appreciate that people have found it now an impossible to buy a home um, in some circumstances. I think 21, 22, queues were outside doors, weren't they? I mean, our phone was yeah. just ringing off the hook. This kind of predicted crash with, with COVID that just didn't happen. And then everything just went a bit mad in the in the property industry, didn't it? And I think people, sellers had multiple offers to consider as well. The prices were rocketing. People were getting astronomical amounts over the home reports. Um, and there was limited property on the market as well, and I think that drove it as well. So the buyer demand was there, but there just wasn't enough stock, was there? Mm -hmm. um, yes, that has changed, but there is an increasing number of five properties coming to the market, and we noticed that. I mean, in September 22, there were 756. That's just about six months ago then. Yeah, so about six months ago, there were 756. But actually, if we go back even to September 21, towards the end of 21, that was sitting around about 460. So you can see more is coming yeah. at 756. But actually then, at the time this article was put together, Jim, it was like 927 properties in Fife available. And it's sitting around about 860 now. Yeah. Um, well, I checked this morning. I checked literally before we came online, Jim, and it's sitting at 885. Perfect. Okay. So St Andrews in comparable ways, if I look at St Andrews in September 2022 compared to today, 
St Andrews was 46 last year, six months ago. It's 54 now on the market. Cooper's mm -hmm. 18 versus 20. That's no much a change, to be honest. Yeah. East Nukes, 42 versus 49. Uh, Glenrothes is 76 versus 137. But do you think that's just the, do you think that's all, that's almost doubled. Do you think that's the huge influx of new builds? That's exactly what it is, Jim. Yeah. And then Leavenmouth is 61 versus 68. So there's no much change except for the areas which actually have mm -hmm. a lot of new builds getting built in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that means as well though, that five people could buy a home now. Yeah. Easier than they could maybe over maybe a year ago, a couple of years ago. Um, mm -hmm. They're finding the market much more accommodating for them now as well, aren't they? So I think that's showing a big difference. Um, the key of this as well, it's stability. Um, mm -hmm. And because there's stability in prices and because there's not an astronomical amount over the home report, it, a lot of properties are actually now getting. So they're getting more or less the home report value or just over it. Therefore, mm -hmm. first, it's easier for first-time buyers to actually be able to get the mortgage up to that value to be able to offer to be accepted. Yeah. Now, First-time buyers are actually the lifeblood of the market, as well as uh, as property investors. Let's be honest, because when first-time buyers aren't there to, to buy at the bottom end, which is the starter homes, the, usually, typically, the buy to let investors are actually in there as well, buying that as well. Now, you need that kind of health to that market and, and, the, low, and the lower end values, because that allows the people in these properties to trade up to a bigger property as their family unit grows, and then allows the people in the mid-market properties to actually trade up to the family big large family home properties mm -hmm. as they get into their 30s and 40s mm -hmm. um and then it allows the people in these big huge homes you know when they eventually come to retirement they get to about the 50s and 60s they think okay i can downsize you did exactly mm -hmm. that didn't you i did exactly that and it was brilliant for us and it suited our lifestyle it suited our change in circumstances our family had up and left so we didn't need that big family home but I think the fact that house prices achieved today are slightly lower than last year, mm -hmm. I think that was to be expected, really. Um, yeah. Inflated house prices were there for the whole of 2022 almost, weren't they, Jim? Yeah. Um, and that was because, as we said, it was the queues of people looking for houses and the multiple offers that were really the sellers could almost state what price they wanted and people would pay it, wouldn't they? There's um, limited supply more than anything, isn't it? Exactly, limited supply as well. I think that you know those kind of prices aren't being achieved today and the offer's over. But actually, there is a bit of a stabilisation, I think. So I think mm -hmm. that has helped um, with things. So it does mean that, as we said earlier, more people from Fife can can now buy a house and, and than they did maybe a year, two years ago. Um, more people the, right across the UK, uh, right across Scotland as well, though. Uh, that, that's yeah. probably the most important thing. Plus the fact as well is this is what everybody doesn't realise. It's like, it's no as if... It's not as if we're getting the price that we would have got last year. We're getting the price because it's come through onto the new home report that we were getting last year. So while the while the price inflation has has come down, the price difference from five or six years ago, well, three years ago, for example, is thirty percent up still. Mm -hmm. That's 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 the key here. So in a six-month period, in a year period, it may look like the the market the market would drop, but in a three-year period, it's actually still going up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And this is I why it's important good... to look at the five-year and beyond, yeah. and that's why exactly what you said. If you can answer yes to these both questions I asked earlier on, then now's the time to buy it. Yeah, definitely. I think what is the property market outlook for the rest of this year and the future? That's one of the things we need to talk about as well. I mean, some people are trying to compare the current market um, with the 2008 property market, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there are significant differences between those two situations, though, in all those years, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, some. I mean, oh, some people are trying to. Some people are trying to compare the current twenty twenty three market, as you'd said. Yeah. Um, with the 2008 property market, yet there's significant difference between the actual two years. Yep, I, I agree with that. The difference one is there's a massive amount of equity in homes. Yeah, you yep. you know that's that's an agreement. Um, I mean, compared to 2008, 189,500 today versus 135,900 in 2007. That's a huge difference. The difference too was the stock levels or the properties for sale. So why is that important? Well, the more oversupply of property, the more it depresses the market because there's less demand for more houses. It's supply and demand. It's the typical yeah. it's the typical economic cycle. Supply, demand, when it crosses over, there's an equilibrium in the market. That's the point of stability. But yeah. if one goes out and another goes out, that's where the price, price actual inflation or price deflation happens as a, as a result of oversupply or undersupply. Yeah. So the the what what was the number of properties then? The, I mean, this is this is probably key here. This will be a very revealing statistic. What is the number of properties? For example, just in Fife, um, what what was it, Perry? I mean, when we look at two thousand and seven, if you look at early two thousand and seven, Fife properties jumped from one thousand five hundred three being on the market in early 20, 2007 to actually two thousand two hundred thirteen in late oh two thousand and seven. Just getting that a, was a huge jump. It's basically almost that's 710 50%. divided by 503. That's literally a 47% increase in yeah, supply. Nearly 50%. Yeah. And that's within, that's literally within a matter of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and even though that's there what been... causes that's what causes the crashes though. Um, yeah. because there's an oversupply instantly and mm-hmm. there's not enough demand to take that up. Therefore, mm-hmm. the price drops as a natural result. Um, it's like somebody dunk, dump, dumping stock on the stock market. Yeah. If, if, if Elon Musk decides, you know, he's going to sell a huge amount of Tesla stock, apart from the fact that everybody then says he obviously doesn't have confidence in the in his, in his own <laughs> brand, um, there's a huge amount of stock there. There's not enough people to take it up. So the, it's like bid up TV where the price starts to drop, mm-hmm. you know, until until people at that level say, yes, I'll buy it at that price. And that's effectively what happens in the property market when an oversupply of property comes in. The price starts to drop when at certain properties to a level where other people are like, yeah, I'll buy it at that price now. That works for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because their circumstances match that. It goes back to the questions one and two. <laughs> so can, can, I, I say, can I say then over a uh, classic example in, in that same period of time in the, in the regional areas of mm-hmm. Fife, um, when we look at East Newton St Andrews and that, from the early 2007 to, to late 2007, in St Andrews it was 22 versus 31, Leaven was 154 versus 198, um, Glenrothes 237 versus 316, again a huge jump in Glenrothes. Yeah. I remember seeing a price, I sold a two-bedroom mid-terrace property in, oh, now is it Collydean? Yeah. For eighty thousand, and literally within that period of time, it dropped down to sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. It was sold six months later. That's 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 what changed. 
unfortunately, they got the house repossessed, and that's why it ended up selling for 60000 But that's all it was worth after that because of the oversupply mm -hmm. in the market. Mm -hmm. um, East Nuke was 18, uh, 28 versus 39, so they jumped quite considerably, about 30%. Uh, Cooper was 31 versus 40, which was a bit more stable um, in terms of supply. Um, yeah, so even though even though there's an increase in properties for sale over five in the last six months, as mentioned, um, yet it has to be, it has to be, it has yet to be on the scale of the jump of 2007. Mm. We've just not got that, have we? There's no. not that, there's not that huge jump in terms of where we are, where mm. September 2022 is um, to today. Um, I mean, literally, that's uh, 927 minus um, uh, 756. Uh, 171 divided by 756, 22%. Yeah. But I mean, you look at but, that. But look at it. This is actually quite revealing, though. Just let me, you know, let me just entertain this uh, revelation. The number of properties in the market right now, you said, is sub 900. Mm -hmm. Yet at the property crash, the number of properties in the Fife market was 2,213. Yeah. That was literally two and a half, two hundred fifty percent more, mm -hmm. and we've still got the same amount of people and the same amount of houses in Fife. Mm -hmm. So, there's, and the the, the 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 credit is available as well. So, are we actually going to see this as a problem? The oversupply of the property market was a significant cause of the house prices dropping in Fife in two thousand and eight. That that's what mm -hmm. we can see here. The difference, the third difference, is that there's a lot less unemployment in the economy today than in two thousand and eight. 3.2% versus 5.6% in 2008. And that went up to 7.5% mm -hmm. after 2008. I remember that. Mm -hmm. So literally, we have record low unemployment levels. Yeah. More or less a full employment situation as mm -hmm. well combined. What's the fourth difference in? I think the fourth difference is that most people, 87% of people in fact, are on fixed rate mortgages mm -hmm. compared to 56% Exactly so literally a half of the people in 2008 had it. Now we're almost at 90% of the people have a fixed rate mortgage. That's a big difference in security as well for people's financial flow and income, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's other there's other differences here, but we really want to avoid the war and peace thing because <laughs> you can mm -hmm. go in for this forever about the, the fundamental differences between the, the credit crunch and where we are right now. Um, but next, you must remember that in... In Fife, it isn't just one property market. Um, there's there's a micro property markets within the whole of Fife market, but also in the whole of the UK as well. Um, there's no surprise that you know the Aberdeen city centre market is on its knees, mm -hmm. and yet the periphery outside of that is still a booming market. So when you look at micro regions and micro property markets, it's completely different. There's there's still an undersupply in certain types of, of five properties, uh, meaning that those in the micro property market can supply can only partially satisfy the number of buyers wanting to buy a home, meaning house prices in those sections are holding up very, very well. Mm -hmm. And this is where I come back to saying when we're monitoring that of what a house is actually because the statistics aren't through yet, because it's not over the line yet mm -hmm. and it's not been concluded yet. But when, when we're monitoring what the home report value is, exactly at the point how much we're getting when a property gets sold, we are still hitting home report value or just above. Mm -hmm. It's not significantly down on terms of that. And that is a complete stark difference uh, to 
uh, any other market has come before and any other circumstances have come before. We've never had a position where unemployment has been so low and base rates were so low as well, although, although be it, they're still at record lows, you know, because mm -hmm. I remember when base rates were sitting at 15% in the, 19, <laughs> in the, 19, well, the late 1980s. <laughs> base yeah. rates were at 15%. And it's like, you know, it's like, so they're still at a record low compared to all that time ago, mm -hmm. uh, when you look at that, and they're still yeah. at a reasonable low level right now. Um, so what about the other side of the coin then? I mean, on the other side of the coin, there is an oversupply in some areas of Fife in the type of properties. Um, yep. Some of the increase in the overall number of properties in the market comes from overpriced Fife homes. Yes, I did say that overpriced Fife homes. Wow. <laughs> um, well, I thought I thought overpriced five homes wasn't possible because it was set by the home report value. Well, you would think, but in some instances there is an issue with overpriced five homes, and if you've got an overpriced five home in an oversupplied micro property market, yeah, you're going to have a problem, aren't you? Because you have other people that are basically fishing in the same pond as you, who will necessarily not even approach your property if the pricing's not right. Uh, that's it. Ultimately, I mean, you have to take it out of the stock. I mean, you you could for for unique properties. Here's a classic example for some unique properties. It's difficult to price in the first place because there's no exact comparable. Because that's really how it's done. And you know, in order for a surveyor to walk in the door and say, "I think that's the price," he has to have something that looks similar to what was just what's recently sold as to the one that he's about to value. But if he doesn't have anything similar, he then has to then you know, um, have a discussion with a stage and also with um, other evidence that could be available of, of maybe vaguely similar types of properties or maybe styles like Victorian or mm -hmm. or or modern or, mm -hmm. or new builds um, in terms of what they're like and what they've got in comparison to what he's valuing and then either plus or minus based on what that price was achieved for the other one, mm -hmm. based on what he thinks it would take to to you know, to get that one to this stage, hopefully mm -hmm. that will make sense for people how that's done. And um, so sometimes, it, yeah, it can be overpriced, can it? Mm -hmm. But I would rather, personally, I would rather have an overpriced property so I could come down than actually have an undervalued property so I have to try and go up. That's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, because because I, I, I know I tend to, but th this is the realism though, because if you get a valuation on a home report at a higher price, sometimes I've seen a customer go, "That's the price I want, and I'm not changing it for anything else." And it's like, no, 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 you have to understand, you've got a unique property, it's difficult to value it, so this is where we start, and we might have to come down from there, or we might just get that value. That's it. That mm -hmm. has to be realization. But if, if the key here is though. If you pitch that too low in the very beginning, you've got a hard job trying to come up because your yeah. market is limited now. Because some people out there, quite a few now, will not have the extra money to put towards it. And because the bank won't finance that element, they'll only finance up to the home report value. Therefore, it'll make it difficult for them to make an offer on your property. Therefore, limiting your market, therefore, limiting the number of people to buy, therefore, supply and demand price has to come down to reflect mm -hmm. that now price isn't about coming down it's about realigning uh, here's a classic example and we've talked about this many times but for people here my house is on at four hundred and thirty thousand. okay 
not my house particularly, by the way. <laughs> so it's not for This sure. is an example. <laughs> <laughs> my house that uh, I have got, fictitious house, is on for 430,000. No one is biting at this house at any point in time. Okay? So what is the next step for me? Well, I can realign the price. So what do I realign the price to, if that's the case, if nobody's biting on this? It usually takes about a couple of months for you to ascertain this, to be honest, and the feedback you get from your agent. So then I realign my price. Do I really want to take the risk and actually just say, I tell you what, I'll just put it down a few thousand and see if somebody bites? Because the reality is you're just going to have the same people as you had before, mm -hmm. especially at that price point. So my reckoning is I probably need to think about taking that down quite significantly, maybe to around the 400,000 level. And then immediately everybody goes, wait a minute, you're about to give £30,000 off the price. Uh, no, I'm not giving £30,000 off the price. I'm introducing the property to a new market of buyers who can afford a higher mortgage and can afford a higher priced property but they've not seen yours yet because it's in a different price bracket to what they're searching. Mm -hmm. But now they've seen it and they now see the home reports at 430,000. It gives them a lot more options then when they get in the door to then get the financing up to that level to get the price back to where you were in the first place. Mm -hmm. See how that's cleverly done and mm -hmm. introducing a new set of buyers into the mix in order to push the price back up from the original, from the, from the realigned price that you did in the beginning. Now, why did I talk about 430,000? Because that's exactly what I did with a property in Fife last year, where we didn't have someone. We, 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 the customer was a bit nervous when I introduced that, um, that concept to her. And, but she took a leap of faith and trusted in what I did. And I brought it down to sub 400,000 from the 420,000 it was, it was on it. I think it was 420,000. And then we ended up at an end price after bringing it sub 400,000, when somebody actually walked through the door, we ended up at 429,000. Mm -hmm. And it was sold after two or three months of turmoil about why is no one walking through the door? And that's the strategy we used. Introduce it to a new set of buyers who do have that mortgage, but you're, they're now seeing it. Because if, if, if they're no searching, if they're no searching beyond 400,000, they'll never see it in a search. But if you realign 100%. it, then sub 400,000, they see it in that search, you deliver them the home report and they go, wow, that's the price it. I'll probably have to offer more then. And then it pushes them back up with a bit mm -hmm. of negotiation as well. It's not just, a, it's not just an easy, it's just not just an easy, <laughs> like, oh, that's how it happens. So that's what I'll do. It's like, no, no. it's a bit of skill negotiation to get it back up to that price from actually mm -hmm. putting it sub that price. But there's strategy in that. That's a very mm -hmm. advantageous strategy for shifting a house. It's been sitting for a wee bit of a while. It's called price realignment, not price reduction. Price reduction means you're happy to accept a lower value. Price realignment means you're about to push them back up mm -hmm. when they get through the door and then you start negotiating. Yeah. So that's a fundamental difference. Anyway, what's your overall thoughts on this, Perry? I think my overall thoughts are that, yes, we've always said that Fife is a bit of a microcosm and it kind of operates in its own its own way in regards to property. But I think, as we've read even at the start of the article about the strap lines, 
Yeah. It's the same thing that I say a lot of the time when we do these types of shows, Jim. It's like you see the headlines, don't always trust what the headline is telling you. Do your homework, find out your information, get yourself knowledgeable and see if then that knowledge fits with your circumstances with those questions one and two. Am I financially stable? Am I secure in my job? And can I move forward? Uh, that that's exactly it. It's and and if you're if you're planning to if you're planning to live in your house for the next five years, then yes, you buy now. Yeah. If you're not financially stable and you're not planning to live and you're only there for short term, then probably renting is the way to go, mm-hmm. in the, in the short term. Because renting yeah. allows you then to avoid entry costs of buying a house, exit costs of selling a house, and it also negates the fact that you've got to repair the property. Yes. You you don't need to pay for all these costs of repair. It's the owner that pays for it as the landlord. So that's why short-term renting suits a particular market. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's just wrap up there. Let's go to a couple of, a couple of comments on that. Um, there's a, a John actually said uh, he paid 3000 less than the home report value for his property um, in September 2020, which was actually really good. Well done, John. That was actually really good. That was almost about the time that everybody was a bit nervous about the fact that is the property going to rebound mm-hmm. um, in COVID. Uh, the next one is, uh, John actually says again, how do you get over the uh, COVID rush though? Uh, say a next council house goes on for X amount because I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure what he means by that. How, how, how do you get over the COVID rush? Um, well, the COVID rush we got over, we just got through it and, and the prices went up and that's what caused the problem. So I'm not really sure what you meant by that, John. Uh, and that's it. And I'll just check Instagram to see if there's anything on here. Um, yeah. Okay. And then the comment on Facebook is, yeah, absolutely agree. Um, the, it's financial stable position and uh, if you plan to be in the neighbourhood for the next five years, that is the way to go. Anyway, thanks for coming on the show, Perry. Um, I mean, that's my Thank thoughts. You. What is everybody else's thoughts? That's Perry's thoughts as well. I'd be interested to hear comments after this and also on the podcast when it goes out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and that's us. And until next time, guys, it's bye-bye from us. Bye. Take care. And it's goodbye.